You're listening to Scarf Bay Community Radio and Local Media This Week, the programme where we get together every Sunday and we have a look through the print media here in County Clare and we give our own take on it and we highlight certain things, I suppose particularly to do with East Clare, but everything that's in the local press, uh, even if it's to do with all of County Clare, is still uh, relevant to us here. And the Dream Team is back. Uh, after a number of weeks where different people were away and missing and on the phone and God knows what, we're all back here around the table again. So my name is Jim Collins and I will welcome uh, all the, the the other gang, the usual gang here for local media this week. First of all, John S. Kelly. John, good afternoon to afternoon, you. Afternoon, James. Pat O'Brien, Pat, good afternoon, Pat. Good afternoon, Jim. And good afternoon, David. Welcome back from your trip as well. Both yourself and John were, were travelling a little bit well, around the country. I, I'm just looking at John across from me. <laughs> and we both look very refreshed and <laughs> eager to get going. That's wonderful. Anyway, so looking at the papers this week, I suppose it's it's very hard, even though it's a long way from, from East Clare, but it's hard to avoid Afghanistan and the tragedy that's going on there. And I see some of the local papers uh, deal with it in various ways. Um, you know, a Clare resident, for example, talking about the horror as the Taliban take control, and that's in the front of the Clare Echo. And uh, the, the Clare champion as well. People of Afghanistan don't want to go back 20 years. So it's amazing, really, I suppose, even though, you know, Afghanistan is a long way away, but it, it, it affects us all in to some degree. But it does have local connections as well. Pat, you're looking there at the article on the front of the Clare Champion. Yeah, Owen Ryan has the article here on the front of the, the Clare Champion, Jim. While he, while he has received refugee sta- status and now lives in his former journalist, Said Farid Sani, is, uh, is very worried about his family left behind in the unstable Afghanistan while he fears any progress made since the topping of the Taliban 20 years ago could be very quickly undone. Two years ago he made it to Europe, but he knows something of the dread of the hundreds of people desperately seeking to make it out of Afghanistan this week. Farid's son and wife are still in Afghanistan, and with with the application having been made to the Irish Department of Justice, he is hopeful that they will be allowed to come here soon. I suppose it's, 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 um, you know, it's just frightening for anybody um, living in the country and maybe their families over there and they, they don't know what's going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. The, the whole thing seems to have gone back 20 years. I heard some, some people today on the interviewed on the radio and they said that, uh, you know, that um, there was one fellow on today and he said he was been over there recently in, and um, he said it's terrible to, to listen now that that the, the whole thing could be all turned upside down again. Yes, yes, Pat, yes, Pat why, why did the US pull out without reference to their allies who had been part of the original, you know, invasion uh, 20 years ago? Yeah, I, I don't really know. I, uh, I mean... I, 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 you'll be asking that question, why, why they pulled out? No, no, I, why they pulled out without reference? Yeah. The Germans are saying they didn't know anything about uh, about the suddenness. They weren't in, they weren't um, asked no, yeah. whether mm-hmm. Well, ab- about 20 years ago that same unilateralism was mm. evident um under then President Bush, second Bush. Um that unilateralism 
we saw in the bombing of Iraq, in the Iraqi, the second Iraqi invasion, that was unilateral as far as they didn't get UN permission. Not, well, permission is not the right word, but endorsement for their actions. America is the most powerful country in the world. They know it. They always talk about it. And um, the Allies follow suit. It's a clear example of that. Um, this is an action that Trump might have done. Biden was trying to mend all these uh, international ties, renew relationships with allies. But again, it is evidence, and I, I think I read this somewhere uh, in the media, it is evidence that you really can't trust the Americans. I, even well, though they want to build these relationships back, these international diplomatic foreign relations with states such as Germany and France and Britain, they will do what they want to do. Well, our country's not inclined to do that. The larger powers in the world, are they not inclined to follow that philosophy anyway? Well, they might do it, but all this other doublespeak then of grand coalitions and par international partners and special relationships is completely nonsense. I agree. And surely a, a country such as Britain or France or Germany should learn from multiple examples over the last 20 years and say, we don't want to be part of this. Mm -hmm. I suppose under President Trump, it, it was the, the U-turns were blatant be it the Paris Agreement or the Iran, um, you know, the agreement that they made with Iran, or, or and, and of course, President Trump made an agreement with the Taliban yeah. back yeah. some months ago. The, the, this um, was the actual start of it. You know. But you don't expect it. You, we weren't expecting it from Biden. No. It's, uh, if Trump was there, we'd say, oh yeah, that was Trump. Biden did reverse a number of Trump's uh, initiatives, yeah. like again the, the Paris Agreement, but he didn't reverse this one. No, he didn't. And one can understand why the Americans want to be out of Afghanistan, and oh, they God, don't yeah. want... I mean, they've spelt... How many trillion have they spent? Three three trillion. Mm. I can't even get my head around that actual figure. Um, I, I don't know how much of that is indirect money. In, yeah. Indirect. Yeah. I mean, somebody asked me uh, yesterday, where did the Taliban get their weapons from? Where do the combatants in war get their weapons? Mm. And uh, it, it's, it's an easy enough question to answer. Well, it is this time. Pardon? It is this it time. It is, yes, but it's also reality mm. that there are only a number of arms-producing countries in the world. That's right. And so, therefore, it's to identify. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. So well, well war is war is a, a, a very is a business. A it's big, a profitable big game. Business. And well, let's not let's not beat around the bush. Ireland is not involved in the armaments, armaments, yeah. but mm. certainly facilitating this. And our own Shannon Airport. This is the second story in the newspaper, which we might. I don't know whether we want to come on to it now or not. But yes, yeah, it'll be a good we, time to. We it. Yeah. Well. It, we have, in effect, been facilitating the American war machine, whether it's Afghanistan or Iraq. The two mm. pieces, both both local papers, both county papers, the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion, cover this. Uh, it's on page two of the Clare Champion. It's by Owen Ryan. And the headline is, Use of Shannon Again Slammed After Power Shift in Afghanistan. And it's effectively, it's the opposition. It's mostly Sinn Féin who are making hay out of this that um, effectively... 
that um, according to data from Harvard University and, and, and Brown University, costs of war project, 172,000 people have died directly as a result of the war waged by US forces. And then they go on to give the statistics about um, the, number of, uh, the number of soldiers flying through Shannon. I think this could uh, be in the, in the Clare Echo. Uh, d- David, could I ask you in relation to that very thing now? Go back to 20 years. Uh, are we going back to... 2001. 9-11? Yeah. Okay. Um, if you were an American and you had evidence that the uh, certain group, okay, in which case we're talking about Osama bin Laden, aren't we? Yes. Um, uh, was behind this, uh, would you not be supportive of your government taking action to make sure that this type of global terrorism doesn't spread any further? Ireland was not attacked... No, 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 I'm, I'm t- I don't mind Ireland. I'm asking you. I'm trying to if understand. If I was an American citizen, of course yes. I would be. That, well, now, let's consider that. Yes. Would you, therefore, as an Irish citizen, facilitate the, the refueling or the reloading? No. In Sh- you wouldn't. Absolutely because not. You, because you think we have, we as a country, supposedly, even though our actions have indicated otherwise, we are supposed to be not aligned with any belligerent powers, whether they're terrorists or state powers, military powers. Um, now, we, since the, even the Second World War, we've, we've, we've done an Irish solution to an international problem on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like the idea that our facilities, the facilities that my tax is going to pay uh, for runways and so on, is ultimately uh, producing death and destruction including the death and destruction of civilians and children in um, Iraq and Afghanistan you and don't other like, places. You don't like the idea of the, being the global policeman? That's not Ireland's uh, No, no, role. but uh, if, if, if you could forget about Ireland for a moment, but as a citizen <laughs> of the world, yes. okay, yeah. could you uh, support in any way, uh, um, let's say, punitive action against global terrorists? <sighs> You hesitate. I'm trying to find out. I'm <laughs> trying to come up with an intelligent answer for you. Um, it's 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 a very complex uh, issue. Terrorism, because one man's terrorism is another man's freedom fight. The the Middle Eastern terrorism and the Taliban and in Iran sometimes point to American policy, American foreign policy. Mm-hmm. American sport of Saudi Arabia, and so on. So they view the the actions of the American... Remember, America occupied um, Afghanistan for 20 years. They've occupied Iraq. Britain occupied this country. Um, Some people thought that was fine. Others didn't um, 100 years ago. You know, we have to look at it from different perspectives. And so terror, terror, it depends on who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Now... um, those planes that went into the buildings and killed uh, how many thousand American lives, um, no form of terror is justifiable. But there are reasons, whether they're right or wrong, which prompted those actions. Mm. And then there are the consequences. But we can only deal with our own country. I am not a global citizen. I don't pay my taxes. I don't vote in a global sense. Mm. We do, our government is not the United Nations. And so therefore the only actions that we are, are responsible for are those 
that have been highlighted here and the use of Shannon Airport as Irish citizens. I suppose looking at it from, because it, it's it's in the context, I'd be inclined to go along with John. Yes. <laughs> in the context of, let's say, 9-11, and the aftermath of that, and I think by any stretch of any imagination, you know, if I know terrorists, and, and I understand what you're saying, some people don't see them as terrorists, and some people do, but flying a plane into a number of buildings and killing several thousand people has to be terrorism, particularly the people that yeah. were killed, and you know, are innocent, it's not in a war situation. Um, I suppose here we are in Ireland, and we have we have Shannon, and we're asked by the Americans, who are you know allies of ours, friends of ours. We have good relations with them. May we use uh, an airport to in order to refuel in carrying out this what we see as defending our country and chasing the Taliban or <coughs> the Mujahideen or the Al Qaeda, which is is what was there then. Um, I, I would see that, you know, an Irish government would, would be, you know, anxious to, A, assist an ally who, one can argue, has been under attack. And, second, but, and secondly, yeah. um, at the end of the day, people might say that what stands between Ireland and being overrun by whoever is America and um, you know, America being the world's policeman, mm -hmm. uh, is 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 you know. Yeah. An, an actually, actually, Ireland is more threatened now by terrorist attacks because we are facilitating uh, American access to to the rest of the world. We have actually, you're you're actually encouraging. Um, Terrorists who attack Shannon Airport. Well, could I make a point uh, just uh, uh, to clarify where I, I stand? Come back to Jim oh, we as will well. allow you to do that in due course. You know, okay. <laughs> but I, I do not subscribe to the uh, the idea that you can impose democracy on a country. Okay, yeah. it is has to be an evolution from within the country. Mm. Okay. Well, now the, would you agree with that? I would. I, yeah. I would entirely agree with you. Um, they've tried it in Iraq. They've yeah. tried it in Libya. Yeah. I mean, when will they actually learn? Uh, I mean, American independence uh, to, uh, 300 years ago itself was um, was was an experiment in democracy. But mm. that democracy was a long time in coming in the 18th century. But I'd like to come back to to Jim a little bit there. Uh, we invaded Iraq. On, the, on, on spurious pretenses that there were weapons of mass destruction. Uh, and American forces came through Shannon to invade Iraq with arms. Uh, to my mind, as far as I can tell, Saddam Hussein had not attacked anybody in the West. He was an awful uh, dictator. There are plenty of dictators. Of course, the Americans are supporting dictators themselves in Saudi Arabia and other places where, where there's very little talk of women's rights uh, at the moment in Saudi Arabia. But anyway, uh, that whatever about Afghanistan and 9-11, Shannon was also used for that. Job has come into mind at all. Uh, oh, well, Apple... Uh, all the other American Facebook. multinationals, Facebook, mm -hmm. keeping America happy, kowtowing. Wait a minute, deference. no, 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 no. Iron, I'm talking about jobs in Ireland. But supplied by big American now, companies. Now, you're, 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 let's say, looking around the table here, you're all uh, products of a classic middle class uh, society, living in a country where uh, freedom is uh, taken for granted. Okay. Yes. 
And um, I'll accept that one. Will you? <laughs> yeah. Where did I get? Um, where are you going with it, though? Yeah. Where was I going? That's the question. <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm just wondering: Do jobs uh, enter employment, if you like? Does the question of employment enter into the story for governments like the Irish government? when faced with uh, complex questions like the one we're talking about. Yeah. Of course it does. That's the only thing they're thinking about. Uh, where do but you stand on that? Where, 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 no, where do it's you morally where? reprehensible. But you, you, I you, mean, you, we could say, just imagine now Nazi Germany. Uh, it's terrible yeah. to bring in Nazi, Ger Nazi or even mm. Italy or any of them. Like, would we, would we have facilitated... Um, uh, if, if, if the Germans were building Ardna Krusha again and it happened to be under the Nazi regime uh, and we knew what was going on in the concentration camps but we knew that there were hundreds of jobs being created and electricity and all yeah. I, I wonder sometimes about that well that's you cannot answer that do you think? but the, the other thing well, I, can't be, I can because I can say that notwithstanding the amount of American jobs and multinational companies in Ireland I still would not like to see our facilities, including Shannon Airport, being used for that. I think it's morally wrong. You mentioned neutrality, and I often wonder, as a small, tiny country with no military might or no, nothing like that, how neutral can we be? Mm. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, if you were a very strong country, you can stand up and be neutral. Yeah. I, I, I just wonder how neutral are we really? Yeah. How neutral should we be? Yeah. Um, and we're, we're not neutral in this. Absolutely not. We, no. we are supporting uh, and, the And Jim, David just mentioned, just before you came in there, uh, a question of morality. I did. You no. Know, so now, does that suddenly change the focus? You'd, you'll accept that morally there may be a... a, 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 a uh, what's the word? A, a need, a requirement for a small state like Ireland to actually uh, behave in what would be classified as a non-neutral way, if it's a moral question. And but and you can look at the moral aspect of it on several fronts, mm -hmm. as in the morality of facilitating arms going to the Middle East, you know, or the morality of not taking a stand against. Um, Middle Eastern terrorists attacking yeah. New York. Mm. I'm just saying that the, yeah. there, it, it goes both ways. Yeah. Listen, we, we it does go, I'd say one last br thing. Very brief, David. Yeah. Um, um, our, our Minister for Foreign Affairs criticised American foreign policy, Western foreign policy, and criticised Afghanistan. Yeah. And yet he facilitated, and successive governments have facilitated, the use of that same, by the use of Shannon, that same policy, mm. by facilitating that. I mean, yeah. so. There's a real, po real politic. Yeah, it is. Americans have been in Afghanistan for the last 20 years. Why, why, how come, I, I, was, I was talking about this evening with my wife, uh, how come they, they didn't build up a proper um, army or a proper air force or anything like that? The, 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 the Taliban came in and they just took over in, in, in two weeks. Or so. I, I think that's e easily enough answered, Pat, uh, that uh, Ameri uh, the Afghanistan is not... Uh, a one state, homogenous state. Mm. It is a series of regions states, yeah, yeah. ruled not by, even when the good days, as they see it, ruled by local warlords. Mm. Mm. Okay? Mm. So, in dealing with the, when we say the, the Afghanistan, the Afghanian question, mm. we've got to keep, I think, telling ourselves 
this is a multitude of, of countries, countries yeah. under mm. a geographic mm. okay mm. right okay listen we must go on because i never thought i'd see rat croppen mentioned in the Clare champion really but it is <laughs> good lord jim <laughs> david this is your area of interest as well uh, because i we know why you're coming to me because if you ask john we'd be running out of time yes that's the reason uh, but i'm sure john will get in yeah th- this is very exciting um we are in heritage week this is we're just at the end of heritage week now and it's a lovely heritage story Arche- this is uh, page six of the champion archaeological team set to carve replica of prized pagan idol at Craganone. it's a story by jessica quinn and those of you who might have um what been watching the the RTE news will have will have um, come across this up in Rathcommon in Rathcrohan where our esteemed uh, fellow presenter John S <laughs> Kelly comes from and not only comes from but owns <laughs> the property um, it's a very significant uh, a very significant landscape for archaeology and and for heritage anyway what has been discovered as part of a road project and most of these things are being found because of road projects is a 2.5 meter oak carved idol which is um, which is over 1,600 years old, and it was uh, discovered actually by, as it says here, Clare-based firm AMS Archaeological Management Solutions. Possibly we could get them in. Um, and but but the significance of this this is rare. This is important. They don't discover these sorts of things every day of the week. This is a monument, a ceremonial monument, which is which it was erected close to a toher or, or 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 a pathway going through a bog. Of course, we know that Roscommon is full of bogs. So they clarification. So so they and they were probably pay, pay they were probably praying to this idol to send them some nice weather, some to dry up the place. But anyway, the photograph is here for for people. To, to look at what the clear connection and why it's appearing here is they the archaeologists are eager to see how this thing was made mm. and so they're going to make a replica in our own Craganone um, and presumably visitors will be able to go and see this um, 2.5 meter long it's not going to stay in Clare the actual uh, rep- uh, the actual original itself will probably end up in the National Museum uh, in Dublin but the, the the replica is going back up John to Tulsk Tulsk which uh, holds the interpretive centre for Rathcrohan so Tulsk is about two miles from Rathcrohan itself this particular spot where that was found I know it quite well okay and expect more emerging what's happening is the main ro- road from uh, Ballina to Dublin goes through Rathcrohan and it is taking this length of time for the National Roads Authority to come up with a plan to circum, uh, to cut it out, okay? So the new road, which is referred to in the article that you're talking about, the new road uh, will definitely reveal more, as it did uh, on previous mm-hmm. motorways being done, and you referred to that. Yeah, yeah. John must have been an important place once. Rathcrohan uh, would have been the seat of the High Kings of Ireland for a period. Tara and uh, Rathcrohan struggled, okay? Maeve had imperial ambitions, as you know, (laughs) as mirrored in the Tán Bokulna, okay? Which we talked about, actually, I think, the last time. Yeah. Yeah. 
but there, was Jim, a lot, there was a lot of bull talked about there. <laughs> <wasn't> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one of the ring forts right in the heart of Rathcrown called Rathnadarov. Yes. The, and that's where those the fine bulls, uh, you know, emanated. emanated. Did, did their thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Jim, the question uh, associated with there's uh, a discovery in Leitrim a fortnight ago, referred to in the media. Of sweat houses, and I said, I wrote down, the, I wrote this down. I said, I'm going to ask Pat and David and and Jim, did they ever hear of sweat houses down in, in North Cork? Or is, is, that in euphem- is that a euphemism, John, for no, something no, else? It's not a euphemism. Uh, the sweat house was a reality. <laughs> Pat even seems to know what they are. Uh, yeah. Pat, did you ever hear of a sweat house? Uh, well, the only sweat house I ever knew, John. Was it an overcurrent? A what? An overcurrent backy. And you sweated hard in there, I'd say. <laughs> but you know something with this with this group around this table, it always comes back to Marky. <laughs> but Jim, John, go ahead. The sweat house was a reality. The question is, what's the origin of it? There are ninety of them around the Leitrim Donegal area. There seemed yeah. to be a high concentration. And they're like little beehive huts. Yeah. Okay, very small. And apparently, what is made of stone and turf, a fire would be lit in the actual little hut. Okay? The stones would get hot. When they were sufficiently hot, the fire was removed. Okay? And raked. And then you put in straw. So that's when Mickey Joe then went in and had to sweat out. And they were buck, used... Buck naked, uh, John. Buck, buck naked. And here's the point. It pre-used it pre, uh, uh, the, the institutionalization of medicine. It, it was, yeah, this it is... Was, uh, like, what period are we talking about? But uh, we're definite about the 17th, 18th century. Yeah. Okay. So there aren't many doctors around. Well, there are some, but... Uh, yeah, but they yeah. would have been probably... They were, were part, probably part, recommending part it. Part of it as well. Yeah. And the question is... How come? And now it's for the ordinary man. And it's We're not talking about women here. Not that I can find It's a sort of a Roscommon Leitrim Taliban <laughs> sort of situation. <laughs> They're but not the allowing the women to, ha- to enjoy these. Here, here's the thing, though. They're associated with wakes, wakes and weddings. Now, the wake in the West if, of If Ireland, you imbibed too much, would you have to go into the two, two, two day, they, they imbibed for two days, very often up in the West of Ireland. You know, the whiskey would flowed freely, not like the down Pachin in North as well. Cork, not, not, not like down in North Cork where <laughs> they were mean with the with the whiskey <laughs> and the pudgy. So for the wake and weddings. Yeah. Okay. So that's the uh, there's one definitely known in, in the burn. Yeah, and I can tell you another one no- nearby, just for our local listeners, because if, if you don't ever if you don't make it up to Roscommon and Leitrim, uh, they're down in the they're down in the, the, the sort of the silver mines, the Keepers Hill. Yeah. If you're walking, if you're do, doing the walk up to Keepers Hill, uh, there's one seemingly, uh, I have my doubts, but anyway, there, there's one built in there, um, and it has, is, as you described, sort of a stone made. Yeah. It's in ruins now, but yeah. you get the idea. Yeah, so isn't mm. it a lovely, wasn't it a great idea, though? A great idea. What the sweat? But it would be a kind of a luxury. No, I, it wouldn't be a luxury. Would it not? No, 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 it was for the ordinary peasant farmer. Medicinal. Medicinal. They, they, they have to sweat, like. The, the, the American Indian had a sweat tippy and it's in the li- in yeah. the literature John are you not are you are you suggesting that maybe Jim and and Pat need need this attention 
You're looking at them. And well, I, I'm, I'm thinking of, of Pat's forebears in O'Callaghan's mills. And they went out, they were tramming hay, they were cutting turf. And that, that took enough sweat out of them. That's right. And, 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 and we didn't need to do it in court either because we had plenty of hay and, and, and grass to cut. Okay, we'll, we'll move on because we're heading towards the, the break. Um, Sister Ethel Normile, uh, I think it came as a great shock to most people to find that, that Sister Ethel passed away this during the week, uh, was buried in Lizzie Casey on Thursday. Um, and I see it's she's mentioned um, and mentioned, you know, with, with a lot of praise and, and the, how much she has done in uh, on, on page. In the Clare Echo, for example, I'm looking at page 12, where it says uh, Sister Ethel, Im- Ethel improved thousands of lives, an article there by Parik McMahon. I suppose a lot of a lot of people uh, in this part of the world, thanks mainly to Father Donna O'Mara when he was here, uh, have actually gone out to South Africa and Mission Vale and and um, met Sister Ethel and saw firsthand of her work. But uh, John, a great um, a great uh, a sad next door uh, a very sad week and and when we think of uh, of um, of sister uh, normal uh, we also think of another great personage in our area jim that died in the last week that's don don Purcell. and we of course include our uh, don in our sympathy to the uh, Two families. Yes. Right. The the sister um, Normal. She was honoured by Nelson Mandela, and has been honoured by the South African government uh, on a number of occasions with the second highest award uh, which the state there can offer. Yes. So uh, a person who has left a mark and. Mission Vale, which is dear to the heart of a number of people in the in in the in the Clare area as a whole, and in particular East Clare, uh, where, as you said, Donna O'Mara brought some students out to to see and work in the in the scheme there. Yes. So a great, yeah. a great passing. A great passing. Yeah. And before we're almost uh, at the halfway point, David, I'm just looking at page thirteen in the Clare Echo. Um, and a, a piece there by Keno Brin, and it talks about data centres, and it gives some some stats there about uh, the proposed data centre, uh, which is on the Tuller Road outside Ennis. And yeah. it's it's uh, if it's correct, mm. and I, I mean, who might to say uh, it's it's quite shocking. It is quite shocking, and uh, we've covered it for a few weeks, and and uh, we, we 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 did refer to it at the very beginning because we ourselves had a few doubts. Uh, I remember asking Pat uh, O'Brien whether he wanted his Christmas dinner or a data centre. The, 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 the more likely thing, according to this article anyway, this will be a massive drain on electricity if it goes ahead. But also, interestingly, um, and this is the result now, this is a story by Keanu Bren of an online webinar. Uh, concerning the proposed, as you say, Jim, NS data center. Uh, and uh, there was various people invited to this and to give, uh, give talks. But if it will go ahead, one statistic here is that it could be the 12th highest polluter in the country. 
because it's using natural gas, presumably, or some some other fossil fuel anyway, uh, for powering it. Um, so I think there might now be some question marks being placed. Um, yeah. It's very strategic. Yeah. It's coming out now, of course, but um, who are we to, to wonder about these things and, and how the news is presented to us? But uh, it may cast a little bit of doubt, um, particularly in the context of the government's new climate energy bill. Tell me, uh, could you imagine um, an inclusion by the planners of a demand that any data centre would actually provide its own green green energy. Well, a bit like our earlier conversation about Afghanistan and, and Shannon Airport, it's jobs. I think often planners, uh, well, the council, councillors anyway, are only thinking about the jobs, whatever the consequences. Mm. And they often don't think about the climate consequences, uh, wh- whether that's going to change now or not. But obviously they now have to, they have to come up with reasons why they would refute uh, these statistics here. The, the people People talking are, are um, their keynote speakers were Breed Smith, TD, uh, Professor Barry McMullen of DCU, Pat Brody of Concordia University, and Aideen O'Doherty from Not Here, Not Anywhere campaign. So they, they, it's interesting who these people were. Uh, let, let's. Fo- I think we should follow this one mm. and um, see where the statistics, because there, there are statistics, there are lies, damned lies, and then there are statistics. Because we're not, you know... Objective um, observers, pe- observers, in the sense that we all have emails and we all have, That's um, right. we all use WhatsApp and whatever. And and everybody the, now has data, and the data has to be yeah, stored. Has to be stored. Yeah. And we were we were half Pat. We were half welcoming this initially, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, it was it was seventy attendees at, at this um, uh, this meeting on Monday night. So there was there was good interest in it. Like, there was know, good interest. Yeah. Mm. Okay, Pat. Given that at least this year your Christmas dinner is probably <laughs> safe enough, safe enough. Uh, maybe a little bit of music to, to see the end of the first part of the show. Well, I suppose um, we're on our island holding weekend. Up Cork. And um, <laughs> we, live, we, we, we live the two, so- we live the two uh, counties represented. We live in the and Forst with a Limerick Yorel area. And I suppose we'd finish up later on with the, with the banks. <laughs> We better. <laughs> okay, so Dennis Allen, Limerick. Dennis Allen, Limerick, you're a lady. You're very welcome back here to Local Media This Week on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Janice, what a lovely song that was, Limerick, You're a Lady. <laughs> a really good group song. It is indeed. I did, I did, I mean, Listen now, Jim. <laughs> your grandmother was from Cork, <laughs> and we're expecting some sort of loyalty from you. Well, Jim, Jim, I, I played football for Limerick, uh, so I have a certain affinity. Yes. Um, well, we wouldn't have you in Cork anyway, John. <laughs> one grandmother. Just too far south from well, Scotland. You, you, took, you took a few Kildare fellows there. <laughs> <on Island laughs> and, uh, and where were they from? Oh, Kildare, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. One, one grandmother was from Cork, and the other was from Mayo. Okay. My grandmother. So I could do the double this year. You could do the year. double this year. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, Pat, the long delayed book uh, by Tomás McInmara on the Scarif Martyrs is due for release shortly. Yeah. It's here on, on the Echo and Parliament Mahan has it here. Uh, 
on page four of the echo. Uh, Tomorrow's to release book on Scarif Martel's next month. Award-winning East Clare oral historian Tomorrow's McConnor is to release his latest book this coming September. Following 17 years of research, the Scarif Martel's war, murder and memory in East Clare has now gone to print and is to be set to be released in mid-September. In, in 2016, the Man was commended by President of Ireland Michael D. Higgins as one of seven reps, uh, recipients who had made outstanding contributions to culture over the last hundred years for for Fogla and the Centenary Awards. So the, the, it's, it's all there in, in page four, and uh, the book is coming out, and uh, I think we'll be all looking forward to um, Pat, it. Pat, I bet uh, as we sit around this table, uh, <coughs> we are celebrating as well another book coming out in the autumn, and both books are from the parish of Tungreni. And that is you all now wondering. Well, you've just dealt with, uh, Pat, you've dealt with uh, Tomas's forthcoming book, uh, and shortly we'll be dealing with David's, our partner here at the table, his book on the Perries of Limerick. When can we expect that? Yeah. Well, it may not be the autumn, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be very soon after the autumn. Yeah, get it for ready. the Christmas anyway. It's ready. It's there ready to go. And Perry, but we Perry wish Square. Perry Square, and uh, hopefully we'll have another opportunity to talk about that. But oh, we will. Uh, yeah. We're very proud of Tomas uh, for all sorts of reasons, not only because he's from Tomb Graney, but also because he did his PhD at the University of Limerick. That's right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yes. And of course, he's also uh, he's he's a um, recent book with the time of the tens, which that's right. Uh, was very, very popular. Very popular. Highly acclaimed. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we stay in East Clare as we usually do for the second half of the show. John Birds. John, you've always been interested in birds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sea eagles in particular. Hey, yeah. Well, the sea eagles, I was going to start with the, with the one that's dearest to my heart. By all means. Because I sit in, in my grandmother's house with the window down in the month of August. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the hay has been cut and it's trammed. And there's a smell. Do you know, do you know the smell I I'm do. talking about? It's okay. Th- yeah. And what comes through? Once 10 o'clock, you reach 10 o'clock in the evening, is the sound of the corn crake. How many of you around the table know that sound? Mm. I was lucky enough to hear, and now I'm younger than everybody around this table, and it's rare to hear it as we know. And I'm sure Jim and Pat, and obviously you've heard it. I've only heard it on a small island off the west coast of Ireland, because it's one of the few places... Um, you can hear it. Um, but John, this is a good news story, isn't it? Isn't it marvellous? Uh, marvellous. Mm. And for the first time in, in years, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the group that have been responsible for, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I suppose conserving, reintroducing. Reintroducing yeah, yeah. are saying, yeah, the numbers are, the numbers are up. That's yeah. very good. Yeah. Yes. Actually, that same island, now that I'm reading the story as well, that I heard it, Turbot Island is mentioned here. It's off Galway. That's exactly where I heard it. Um, I thought actually they were, it, was, it was in County Clare being mentioned, but uh, uh, because these birds nest on the ground. Correct. And of course, farming practices over the last 50 years have resulted in, in their downfall. Yeah. I mean, there's, 
they're gone. Yeah. And then, of course, fuck any 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 predator on the ground like rats, mm. they will get them. And so, unfortunately, they're only surviving off the coast. But um, but anyway, there there is another bird you're interested in, John. And we're still on the flying type. We are. We are. That's very the, much so. That's the eagle. Now. There's an article on what paper does the eagle figure? It's on the East Clare page. The East Clare page. And here we are. What a... Um, the, f- ah, the, the article by Fiona McGarry. Uh, further success for white-tailed eagle project. How successful has the, the project, the eagle uh, uh, story, how successful has that been in Mount Shannon? Well, it's been hit by a number of setbacks, John, because we have Cayman, who who is the the eagle the original. That, that's there, but but and we can see him sometimes if you stand on the shore and look out over the islands. But he's a he's a bit forlorn is he? because his mate, uh, the the female seagull, died a couple of years ago from, I, I think it's avian flu. Oh dear! So uh, he's been on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, I would imagine he would certainly welcome the release of um, a number of other white-tailed seagulls because it would be great to think that we'd be back in the situation where um, we'd, we'd have chicks again yes. out on the islands in Loch And what are we saying to our, our, our farming friends to be alert to? Well, first of all, don't shoot them. Yeah. yeah. Because one was shot on the other side of the lake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're going back some years ago. Yeah. I mean, other than that, just leave them alone. Basically, how about, yeah. how about, well, how about poison being left yeah, out? Yeah, if you, if you if you shoot if you shoot a fox as well, and he eats the fox, and he eats the fox, and the lead the lead poisoning kills him as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. think they're they're emphasizing yeah. that here as well. Yeah. In the in the yeah. in the article. I mean, there's a, they don't attack really farm animals like they don't they, they they live off carrying off the off the yeah. dead. Yeah. And of course, they're around Loch Derg because they're more interested in the fish. Yeah, they pick the fish off the off the lake. Yeah, yeah. You know, they they go yeah. down with their claws and yeah. they can bring the, the fish. They can in, bring on, the fish in flight. In flight. In flight. And interestingly, Jim, on page and 15 of the Clare Echo, if people are interested in getting up and close to these birds of prey, now not not the sea eagles, but birds of prey in general you know the way the echo excellently produces little sort of seven things for people to do for tourists and for ourselves to do one of them is the experience the birds of prey flying displays at aloe cave in ballyvaughan and and they have uh, they have hawks falcons uh, eagles owls from all over the world there so you get up close to them i think it's a lovely thing that you could do yeah, yes. it is indeed. Yes. It is indeed. Yeah. I suppose there was, there was just going back to there was a, to the the, the white tailed eagle. There was a beautiful photograph. I, I don't know where it, where it happened, but the, the, there was a beautiful photograph of a, of an eagle, and he having a fox in his in his uh, claws, and he over the over a, a lake. Where, where in uh, Ireland? Yeah, in Ireland. Yeah. It's a beautiful photograph of. I'd say it was a young fox, or maybe uh, not. Fox not, was a kid. not pass if you're the poor fox. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not a beautiful perspective. <laughs> yeah. But if you see that he's flying along over the lake and the he having the fox. What uh, have you got against foxes, Pat? <laughs> he probably wanted them <laughs> feed, feed the feed the young ones. Good, yeah. Yeah. Pat. T- today I looked out my kitchen window. And that's the first time I have seen uh, what I did see, and it was a rabbit sitting up uh, beside. A flower bed. A rabbit. Yeah. Yes. They're rare enough these yeah, days. They're scarce well. now. They're no. scarce, yeah. D- 
do you have any of you any awareness of rabbits around your own place? No. No, I know there are there are rabbits in 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 Caramore, Scarab. Are there? Yes, there are. No, and they're not plentiful though. Yeah, they're yeah. definitely not plentiful. Mm. Is it a good not sign of the in environment? There was, there was a lot of them around the old place before, but I haven't seen them in a long time. Yeah, mm. I think it's it, it, it's cyclical. This the maximatosis thing um, again. Is it? We well, no. It's it's always going to be there. I think it's mm. never going mm. to be gotten rid of. But it does really. Reduce the population, it and then does, the population yeah. expands slowly again. Yeah. We, I remember as a child, guys coming out from Limerick with with nets and with a, a ferret. Yes. Yeah. And and they'd set up netting along or in a field either side of a of a ditch. Yes. And um, let the ferret in to to, to, to the burrow. To the burrow, and yeah. of course rabbits come flying, flying out, out from in every side. direction and run into the yeah. the netting. Yeah. And, they're, and they're caught. We're yeah. too young around this table <laughs> to remember uh, the market for rabbits during the war, but Liam Skelly tells a very good one. He was heavy into it when he was going to the CBS and Thirdless. Rabbit hunting, you mean? Rabbit hunting, yeah. yeah. There was a half a crown a head for the British market during the war. Mm. Okay. Lovely. Half a crown a head. So he'd have his snares set. Yes. And uh, now and again, uh, the, the, the old leg would be gone or the neck would be whatever. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. And didn't look well. Now the, the the butcher that was giving them the half crown, each was conscious of the appearance. The appearance. appearance. Yes. Mm. So what the, what the lads used to do is they'd stitch the actual uh, uh, leg leg on, okay, <laughs> or the head on sometimes, <laughs> and they'd have them in the bundle. So you know <laughs> you could go and your man in the middle of the bundle. And your man yes. in the middle. Of, like it's a bit like the farmer going to the fair. He'd have an old you know. Uh, runt of an animal, okay, uh, in among four or five. Right, am yeah, I right? Yeah. Am I Pat? You're right. Yeah, uh, yeah. John, you have an awful lot of experience in this. Yeah. Young, young gruesome experience. <laughs> but but Pat, but gentlemen, if 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 you go into the French table, a restaurant, lovely restaurant in Limerick, you'll see rabbit on the menu, and you'll be charged more than half crown in today's equivalent terms. Yeah. Um, but it is a great unfortunate loss that this. That that disease has because all of those rabbits are now imported from somewhere else, or that they're farmed at least. Yeah, you yeah. won't get wild rabbit in Ireland. Okay, I, I have the man talking one time about the, uh, the rabbits as well, and he's be collecting the rabbits like like Liam. But the, the if the rabbit uh, his back was broke, they put a, a, a spoke of a, of a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah, serious. Yeah, yeah. Keep him, keep him, keep, keep him, him straight. <laughs> I fear, Jim, we're going down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> okay, let's 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 go back on the water uh, again. On page thirteen in the Clare Champion, Dan Danaher has a piece there, uh, and the headline is "Sailing Club Starts Seven Hundred Thousand Euro Project," and and it looks like a, a it's a great article there. Um, but it looks like a, a fantastic project that they have there. I know we've spoken about it before. We did, yeah. And yeah. we've even, on this station, spoken to people from the sailing club oh, yeah. who are so looking forward to it. But it's it's an absolutely... Um, yeah, leader it's, it's, it's leader a great... Leader are coming in with some big money from there as well, Jim. Yes. Tipperary and Clare leader uh, will yeah. be putting in 200,000 yeah. into the project. Isn't the area d- around Two Mile Gate along there, Ballycogger? Isn't it developing massively? By the way, of course, like all development, the other side of the coin is it creates problems for the users and for the county council. Indeed. Indeed. And And safety. I mean, because it's so popular now, there par- people are parking on on the other side of the road where yeah. you're not on the verge, 
And God Almighty, I was driving up and I was okay. I was within all sorts of speed limits, but mm. little people running out uh, from yeah. the cars. So, you so know, it, even though it's a great success and yeah. you'd love to see, you want to see it continue, um, the council will probably in time have to think about improving. The well, we, 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 we were talking to PJ Ryan, the, the mayor of Clare, the, the chairman, uh, yesterday in, in the Saturday Chronicle. Okay. And, um, and we talked about that. Jim, uh, you know, uh, yes, that we, issue. We did, because it's certainly, it's it's a fantastic amenity to have mm. uh, in, in that area, and it's great for locals and visitors alike. Can, and can but, I but say, just can I say, Jim, I have done the aqua park. How many of you have done the aqua park? No. Been in the water. Would you mind explaining what done? <laughs> <laughs> it is an experience. And when we it's part of your bucket list. <laughs> we mightn't want to be done. <laughs> okay, we need to move on because um, we're, and, and sorry for rushing everyone, but we are getting uh, some kind of out of time. Uh, Peter Lawless features there in the, uh, I think in the, in the Clare Echo, maybe page nine. And uh, he's, he's someone that's setting off uh, to do uh, the headline that Parik McMahon has there is a trip of a lifetime and he wants to be the first person to solo navigate around the world the first, first Irish, Irish person, person. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we had Peter uh, Tom Butcher had him on this radio station uh, some uh, a few weeks ago and he, he was he had a very interesting interview and I think the upshot of it was that we hope to keep in touch with Peter as he makes his way you know, please God, safely and well around uh, on his on his trip. So yeah. I think he's what? he's setting off from Tell me, what about his father? What, what, the father's great achievement. Can anybody remember it? Uh, he sailed around the world, but he spent three mm. years on it, didn't he? He did, he did, he did. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. like father, like son. Like so, yes. and, yeah. and where did he learn? Where did did Peter learn how to sail? Mount, Mount Shannon. Shannon, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I helped him on, on. He was on national radio, and he was on Claire FM there on one month. It's very, uh, very yeah. interesting. Yeah. All about this. I would say, I would mm. say to parents, and I'm saying it to myself out there now, and reminding myself, if if there are young people out there to encourage, we have this great lake, Loch Derg, on our footstep, on our doorsteps. This we should be encouraging our children and young people, and including ourselves out there. And so it's great to see him as a, as a role model, and also the sailing club doing what they're doing. Absolutely. If you okay. go back, to, if you go back to the sailing club, there they had forty uh, a few years ago, and they have three hundred members now. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely fantastic. How many members? Three hundred in yeah. in the sailing club. And in in, in, in Killaloo. In, in Killaloo, Killaloo yeah. And how many in the sailing club over in your area? In Colin, in it be, Colin, I, I don't know exactly, John, but there's a good, there's a good, there's a good, uh, good lot of boats out oh, in, the, in, the, in the lake every Sunday. Yeah. No, and they have, a, they have a big building, uh, clubhouse built there as well. Talking about young people, we're, I want to pay tribute to uh, a young lady that we had on Saturday Chronicle there recently, Jessie O'Connor. And Jessie is, from, she's with Tala... Kyoltus, uh, I think it's Kyoltus, but uh, she's from Flagmount, I think. And oh she yes, she plays the concertina, and her granny is in Scarif. His granny's in Scarif. Uh, Mary and O'Connor. She, she was runner-up in in a national award. It says Chunlakon, and Chunlakon means accompaniment. accompaniment so she yeah. was obviously a, presumably accompanying someone. Yeah, I, th- I remember the interview, uh, Jim, that we did with her. Wonderful interview and a wonderful girl. 
young lady, um, and I think she said she was uh, playing the piano or something as um, well. As well, as yes. well, as well. Yeah. So yeah. she's multi-talented. Oh, she, she is, is. Yeah. and she she did uh, she played the accord or the the concertina for us. She did. Before we finish, we have to mention McKiernan's Tea Rooms. Get a mention in uh, the Clare Champion as well in the East Clare page. And their approval has been granted for tea rooms. So, David, we won't have to call to your house necessarily. <laughs> we, we, can, we can all meet in the tea rooms in McKernan's. Oh, we can, by the sounds of it. Uh, the story is by Fiona McGarry. And um, those people who live in Tomb Graney, of course, don't need, don't need the newspaper to tell the story because they would have seen the planning permission up um, advertising it. But... Um, uh, it's it's McKiernan's woolen mills. Of course, is one of the one of the things people come to Tomb Graney for. Uh, even before I knew of Tomb Graney, I knew people who would have come from all over the place to just to go to the woolen mills to get their wool or whatever. Um, but um, uh, the the they've got permission now for a cafe there. It's it's an adjacent premises. I think they're actually going to build two stories. If I'm if I'm correct, it's a one-story building at the moment. It's yeah. a small sort of a cottage, and they're going to put two stories. As far as I can tell, anyway. Um, so it's 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 great um, that this is happening. Okay, we're looking here at just. I, I'm just thinking the. I get it uh, from John here, but just before that, there are so many places down to Graney to have a cup of tea. There's a McKiernan's, there's one across the road from McKiernan's, there's Nula's, of course. There's the chocolate factory. There's the chocolate factory. Yes. So uh, there's, Flem there's, there's Flemings. <laughs> for, for, for private guests. Two Flemings. <laughs> John, uh, John has handed me a sheet of paper here for the Irish Times, which is timber crisis, adding 15,000 euro extra to the cost of new homes. And we all know and the background to it. We know yeah. the background to it. And it's something we're keeping our eye, an yeah. eye on. But yeah. uh, at the same time, it's it's something that it's, it's very... He, he quotes, Jim, just one sentence. A 16-foot length of four-inch by two-inch plank. Any of you who do DIY will recognize that one. Frequently used to support walls within houses, has written 75% this year alone. Yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. We'll have to come back okay, to that. Okay, we, we? we need to go on, folks. We need to finish up. Listen, my thanks very much to, we have, as I said in the beginning, we have the Dream Team back again. Uh, so <laughs> our thanks to, to Tom Handy and to Jane Ryan in the two weeks that uh, we didn't have a full lot. Uh, our thanks to Luke, who is engineering this evening. John S., thank you very much for joining us and enjoying your... You look very refreshed. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Pat O'Brien, Pat, thank you very much. Thanks, Jim. And uh, it isn't that you don't look refreshed <laughs> now, Pat, but, uh, you're, you're, you're probably thinking of O'Callaghan's Mills in the championship uh, today, and that has brought us stress. Speaking of stress, David, uh, as we speak, uh, Cork are preparing for the All-Ireland uh, final, so good luck to you in that, Corkaboo, Corkaboo. Uh, and... Pat, just a quick look back to you again. Any suitable bit of music to finish well, on? Was, um, we'll, once we have Limerick, you lady played, we have to play the banks of <laughs> my own lovely Lee, so we'll have, we'll have that by Sean O'Shea to finish out. Ah, okay, so listen, that's And we'll probably have David dancing up on the table. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'd better... And we'll play it again next week when they win. <laughs> <laughs> listen, thank you very much uh, for tuning in. Tune in again next Sunday to local media this week. Uh, take care of yourselves. Goodbye and God bless.
why 